You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Congratulations on making it through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6thandsports.com, and the Odyssey app. we got a lot to get into over the course of the next hour. Appreciate you listening and making us a part of your day. Let's start with this. I want to tell you the story about a team whose season recently ended. Now, Kansas City, you guys are very familiar with teams There's two different kinds of teams. Now, luckily enough, we in Kansas City, we get to experience one of these kind of teams. These are teams that win the Super Bowl at the end of the year. You know that final game of the season, the one that usually is like a warm weather place, like a party, it's a destination. It is a celebration of what you accomplish. There are some teams that win their Super Bowl at the end of the season. And then there are some teams that win their Super Bowl over the course of the regular season. Now, you don't know when that Super Bowl can be. I mean, one Super Bowl is predetermined years in advance. It's normally in February. But other teams, their Super Bowl can be in October. Their Super Bowl could be in December. Their Super Bowl could even be as early as September. You never know when their Super Bowl can be. Now, I saw the Philadelphia Eagles earlier this season take a certain level of joy and excitement of beating Kansas City in a November regular season game, I saw them have a measure of excitement that kind of startled me a little bit. You lost the game that really, really mattered. Sure, you won this regular season game, but you lost the game that they will show for the next hundred years. No one will ever show the highlights of the Chiefs and Eagles Monday night football game. It wasn't memorable enough. They will show the highlights of Patrick Mahomes' run or the hold on James Bradbury or the game-winning kick by Harrison Bucker or the punt return from Kadarius Toney. But Philadelphia acted like they had won the game at the end of the season, but it was just one of the ones in the middle. You guys might remember, Nick Sirianni left the field. He was screaming at Chiefs fans. He was talking all kind of nonsense. I am here to tell you that the remainder of the season, Philadelphia won two more games after that moment. They won a game at home against the Buffalo Bills, and then they won a game on Christmas against the New York Giants. They closed out their season losing seven of their last eight games, and now your head coach is having to answer questions about his future. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the guys. Um, Again, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this. Um, I'm not worried about me. I'm not, I'm worried, I'm I'm not worried. I'm, I'm, 
you know, as the head coach, uh, I'm just trying to be there for our guys and our staff right now, um, you know, through a, through a tough time. Which is funny that Philadelphia would do this because there was a theme to this year in the NFL. Did you guys know that at one point the Eagles were 10-1? and one? Did you know at one point this season that Houston was 3-4? and four? Well, Miami was 9-3. and three. Tampa Bay was 4-7. and seven. The Cowboys were 10-3. and three. The Packers were 3-6. and six. And fortunes turned really quickly in the game. You ever been playing Monopoly? And you might be really down on your luck, but you got property in your hand and somebody lands on your property and it gives you that second life and it gets you back in the game and you can turn things around. The Eagles acted like the Super Bowl was in week 12. <laughs> it wasn't. It's in week 22. You still got a long way to go. And the Eagles, they played like a team that was ready for their season to end for the last six weeks. Whether it was the massive comeback against the Arizona Cardinals, whether it was losing at the end of the season when they still had a chance to win their division. They still had a chance to be the two seed in the NFC playoffs. Step one was winning their game against the New York Giants, and they got dominated by a team that had absolutely nothing to play for. Nothing to play for. And then you take it into the playoff game. There is no magical on-off switch. If it wasn't on in the regular season, you don't just magically turn it on in the postseason. You don't just play really poorly the last two months and then you wake up and look at the calendar and say, oh, I want to try today. That's not how the NFL works. In Philadelphia, they were trending downward while Green Bay was playing their best football. Houston was playing their best football. Tampa Bay started to really figure some things out late and found themselves in the postseason. That's how you get beat. So Philadelphia, let this be a lesson to you and teams like you in the future. The only time you should be celebrating to that magnitude should be at the end of the season. It is not coming off the field and yelling at Chiefs fans and saying, I don't want to hear you anymore because you know what you're going to be doing on Sunday. You're going to be watching Kansas City play while you are on the couch or somewhere warm for vacation. You were supposed to be at home hosting an NFC playoff game, but now the only playoffs you will see will either be on Peacock or on PlayStation 5 on Madden. That's where the Philadelphia Eagles are. A very disappointing end to their season for a team that just a month and a half ago, they were one of the three best teams in the league. It was Baltimore, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. Well, San Francisco was still playing. Baltimore is still playing. Not Philadelphia, though. They got absolutely dominated by the worst team in the playoffs, in my opinion, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. An embarrassing performance last year for a team that is full of guys that went to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, you called it dead red nail on the head, the whole deal last week. I, at this point, is waiting for the expose from the athletic because it's not just the 12 month sample size. You're right. 12 months ago, the Eagles were, Oh man, they get to play the giants at home. They're going to throttle them. It's them versus the Niners. Let's see who goes to the Super Bowl. And it was legitimate concern in Kansas city about who would win that Super Bowl. They were favorites over the chiefs, but it's not just the 12 months. It was the week of Thanksgiving that Sirianni said that. It was the Monday before the holiday when Sirianni walks off the field screaming about Chiefs fans. The Eagles had risen to 10-1. and one. They were the one seed in the NFC. They were the 
presumptive favorite in the NFC East. They need what? Three more wins to win the NFC East. Maybe two. Cause the Cowboys are on their schedule. And now it's a day after MLK day. We've had two holidays, a three holidays, excuse me, since Thanksgiving, you know, what's happened. They're done. They played a road game in the postseason to what we think is one of the worst teams in the postseason. We think it's the softest division in football. They went on the road. They just get beat. They got spanked down in Tampa Bay. That is a historic collapse. And when the athletic or ESPN or the Philadelphia Inquirer or whatever does the expose on what happened, it might be the new Heights podcast tells us it is going to be fascinating because it is it is rare that a team goes from 10 and one to out in the first round during a road playoff game. Now that we are done with super wild card weekend and we are starting to take a look ahead. I think there were two major winners this weekend. I think winner number one was Jordan love. And I think that maybe the rest of the country, especially because they were playing the Cowboys and that was the most watched postseason game over 40 million people watched the game between the Cowboys and the Packers, I think it really made the rest of the country notice that, hey, maybe Jordan Love is really good. Rob, you want to know the last time that Jordan Love threw an interception? His last interception was in December. It was the 11th, December 11th. He has gone five straight games without throwing an interception. In all of those games, he has thrown multiple touchdowns. He has been really, really good this year. He completed 64% of his passes, had almost 4,200 yards passing, 32 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. We love to say it's a quarterback league, quarterback league, quarterback league. Green Bay has a really, really good quarterback. And you and I were just having this conversation a little bit ago. And I understand our society, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm not part of this. But haven't we seen that maybe, just maybe, We should have a little bit more patience and time and development when it comes to quarterbacks because all the quarterbacks that I can remember, and maybe there is somebody that I am missing that you have given one or two years to kind of sit and learn and scope. And you have been able to develop him in quiet when they finally get their opportunity. It has gone really, really well. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, I mean, maybe I am missing somebody. Text line 913-586-7610. Tell me the quarterback that got one or two years in private to develop, sit, learn, understand the playbook, learn what it is to be a pro, soak up information from everybody else, and then when they finally get their chance, when they finally get their opportunity, they are better prepared for it because of that experience. Jordan Love, for the last two years, hasn't really got to play. Didn't really get an opportunity. The one time that he did get a chance to start, you got thrown into it late in the week on the road at Arrowhead during a COVID week. I can see how you can struggle in that environment. But he has just sat, looked, learned, hasn't made any noise, hasn't done anything. Now at 25 years old, he is one of the better young quarterbacks in the National Football League. I don't think that this is going to change because I think the information is just there. But maybe we rush the development of quarterbacks, and that is why the quarterback play at times is so inconsistent that we throw so many of these quarterbacks in the fire from day one. And if you are not good in the first 10 games, we are ready to throw you away. It took Jared Goff a little bit. Even when Jared Goff struggled, 
He rebounded, and look at him. He is in the second round of the postseason. Jordan Love, it took him a little bit, but now look at Jordan Love, ready to go, ready to play at a really high level. Sure, some quarterbacks are C.J. Stroud, and they have been stars from the very, very beginning. But I think we have seen that the more patience you show some of these guys, eventually you get rewarded with it on the back end. That's exactly what happened with Jordan Love. I think he was a star this week of the division round, and also C.J. Stroud. The NFL, I think, is starting to get in a really healthy place from the quarterback position. It's not the same quarterbacks that you and I grew up with, and a lot of those guys have retired and moved on. There's no more Brady. There's no more Manning. No more Breeze. Roethlisberger. Aaron Rodgers is a podcaster now at this point for the most part every Tuesday on the Pat McAfee Show. But you have a really good crop of quarterbacks under 30 years old with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, those guys that we've seen start for three, four, five, six years or so. And now you got the Jordan Loves. you got the C.J. Stroud. Caleb Williams is coming into the league next year. There's going to be, what, four, five, maybe six quarterbacks drafted in round one. We are starting to see a little bit more balance at the quarterback position with guys like C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love. I would consider those guys to be the two biggest stars from the first round of the playoffs. I think that's probably fair. I think, I think the NFL is very, very happy because it showed the next wave as you're explaining is coming, but it also has the current top dogs are in their prime. Mahomes is what? 28, 29, 27, maybe. I don't know off the top of my head. Lamar Jackson, similar aged. Josh Allen, similar aged. I mean, those guys aren't going away. Jalen Hurts obviously had a regression year, but he's a little bit older than Jordan Love, made the same age as Jordan Love. He's in that next guy up wave of players. Joe Burrow was hurt this year, but he's probably a couple years ahead of that young wave, and you think he's very accomplished. I would say Justin Herbert. May need to do some postseason winning, but we know he's a guy that if he gets the right coach and maybe does a couple things well, he will be in that middle tier wave. The NFL, which had a down year at quarterback, suddenly has the top dogs in the upper 20s. They have a middle tier of the Burrow Herbert camps, and they have the young wave of the Jordan Loves and the CJ Strouds. You could argue right now might be the healthiest quarterback has ever been in the NFL. So let's get to the hits, and we'll get through the top storylines today in the NFL. While you're stuck in traffic on your drive home, The Drive gets you caught up on the biggest sports stories in Kansas City and around the country. It's The Hits, only on The Drive, number one. Carrington, The Hits are brought to you by the Polar Plunge. will be taking place at Longview Lake on January 27th. I'll be taking part in the Polar Plunge this year. For more I will informa- not. Don't even ask me. I know you. Hey, Karen, are you going to be? No, I will not be there. But for more information, you can go to somo.org backslash plunge. Carrington- really quickly, I just wanted this to be clear here. Anytime, if there is something that says polar blank, I will not be a part of it. Polar is not something I don't want to go to the North Polar, the South Polar. I don't want to go see a polar bear. I I don't want anything to do with it. Nothing. So I will not be there. Godspeed to you. Blessings to you. Salute to everybody that will be there. I'm happy to donate. I assume you guys are trying to raise money for something, right? Special Olympics in Missouri. Tell me where to donate. I'm happy to donate. But me participating in it? Absolutely not. It's at somo.org backslash plunge. So you're saying no polar plunge, no frigid frisbee for one Carrington Harrison? Frigid? No. What in the hell is frigid frisbee? I've never heard of that before. Well, the top story of the day in Kansas City, Carrington remains the Chiefs' victory over the Miami Dolphins in the postseason. But 
while optimism is abound and spring is coming, all this, that, and the other, you found something that, hey, this could be cause for alarm. Maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. What to make of first-round pick Felix Anudike Uzama's healthy DMP? Well, I don't know if it's something or nothing. I just think it is interesting, and I just didn't really see anybody talking about it. I didn't see anybody talking about this week he was made a healthy and active. He is perfectly fine, to my understanding. I don't think there is any injury. If there is, I certainly apologize. But he was not on the injury report last week. He played last week in the game. Their second-round pick is helping them. Their third-round pick is helping them. Their fourth-round pick, Jamari Connor, actually played really well on Saturday, and he is a part of their defense. He is gaining, I would say, in the confidence and trust of the coaches. They are putting him on the field. The Chiefs coaching staff right now doesn't think that Felix can help them. Not even like an obvious passing down. Hey, just go get after the quarterback. See ball, hit ball. They don't think that he can help in any scenario. I'm asking this question because coming up here in a couple of months, we are going to be talking about the Chiefs making decisions based on the fact that they have spent a first-round pick on a player and the expectation that he is going to be able to help you coming up in eight to nine months. Just something that I noticed. He was made in an active you're in a lot of teams, I think, that are making their first-round pick inactive for playoff games. Like, this is a true redshirt year. Like, this is the most redshirt year that I've ever seen for a player like this. We're not talking about a quarterback. We're talking about a defensive lineman to just not even be part of their rotation. It was a little bit surprising to me to see his name on the list. Two. Two. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, they have a mega matchup coming up on Sunday night against the Buffalo Bills. They will be in Orchard Park, a loud and raucous environment. Mitchell Schwartz, former all-pro right tackle, was on the show earlier today, and he explained from an offensive line perspective what a raucous crowd does to an offense. Well, if you're the tackle and you're behind him and it's really loud, you can't hear him because you can't see the mouth move and you can't just pick up all the words. So... A lot of the times you'll see, you know, offensive tackles as the quarterback's getting into the huddle if it's really loud, like stop the quarterback from going too far into the huddle so that he can still get a look of the guy's mouth and kind of see the words as they're coming out. Um, that's how loud it gets. Like literally the guy is two feet in front of you talking in a different direction and yelling pretty loud and you cannot hear him. And so you get to the line of scrimmage and now you're talking about shotgun and he's five yards away from you. You have no chance. And so... That's the biggest change, especially from the offensive line perspective. Now, we've got a veteran group of offensive linemen, and so they've dealt with road games. They've dealt with playing in you know difficult scenarios. So I'm not too worried about that. Receivers, I mean, there is some verbal stuff that goes on um, that will be nonverbal this week, but for the most part, they're just watching the ball anyway. So they're not necessarily you know timing up the snap count, or they're not trying to uh, listen to you know what 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 Pat's saying from that perspective. So. The operation should flow pretty smoothly. Now, Carrington, the Chiefs have a certain offensive lineman at a certain position that Mitchell Schwartz used to play who has a little bit of a penalty problem. And by that, I mean he leads the NFL in penalties. Should Chiefs fans be concerned going into a raucous environment or what that means for their penalty protector in Juwan Taylor? I mean, I'm worried about it. I don't know if all Chiefs fans are worried about it, but I am worried about it. This year, Jawan Taylor was flagged 21 times. They have played in 18 games. And that means, just based on the averages, I was not great at math, but I could do basic math, at least once a game, there is a penalty that is thrown against Jawan Taylor. And just usually they seem to happen at the worst times. 
last week a penalty, takes a touchdown off the board. Well, that's not his fault early on in the season. Well, the refs are picking on him. At this point, I don't care. I'm not here to debate every 21 penalties that Jawan Taylor had and whether or not you think they are valid or not. My issue is just going to be just based on the history of what we have seen. It's going to be a third and two. Third quarter. Close game. Chiefs driving the ball. And there's going to be a penalty. And you and I both know who that penalty is going to be on. It's going to be on their right tackle. You know it's going to be. For this game, it's going to be about limiting mistakes. And limiting they, limiting those mistakes are not just drops. Limiting those mistakes are not just interceptions from the quarterback. Limiting those mistakes is going to be when you get in the red zone, you have to convert and turn these field goal opportunities into touchdown opportunities. They had one of those last week against Miami, and another penalty was called against Jawan Taylor. And I think we saw the first time that these two teams played each other that a penalty can be the difference in why you win or lose a football game. And I would certainly hate for this team's season to end because the most penalized player in the National Football League since 2015 got another penalty. Three. Well, as friend of the show, Mitch Holtis says, you are in fact snap count dot. Carrington, you were looking at the snap counts from earlier this weekend when the Chiefs took on the Miami Dolphins, and you said you found it. The Chiefs found it. The magic elixir. Less MVS, more Rasheed Rice. Share your findings with the class. You can fade the music down here really quickly. Just because you guys know that I really look at the snap counts and I think the snap counts matter. I think the snap counts tell you how the Chiefs as an organization are really feeling. Like They can go on there and they can say we should do X and Z and all those kind of things, but all that matters is who they play and in what scenarios. Well, there were six players that played every single snap. The five offensive linemen and Patrick Mahomes. That makes sense to me. And then after that, Travis Kelsey played 64%, or excuse me, played 64 snaps, 85%. Rasheed Rice played 76% of their offensive snaps, and Isaiah Pacheco played 71%. The Chiefs are really, really simple. Like, they're really easy to figure out. Really. Like, they might be the easiest team in the league to figure out. Their formula for winning is so straightforward and so simple. And I think that because I think they just showed us that on Saturday against the Miami Dolphins. Like, if I ask you, how did the Chiefs win the game? You would probably say Patrick Mahomes was really good and didn't turn the ball over. Check. You would probably say they ran the football effectively with Isaiah Pacheco and he had a good game. Also, check. Rasheed Rice was their leading receiver. Check. Travis Kelsey was their second leading receiver. Check. And they held the Dolphins to seven points. Check, 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 check. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. That is the formula. I only bring that up is because I'm happy that I think they have also figured it out. They had Rasheed Rice on the field two times as much as they had MVS on the field. Twice as much. That's it. They're not perfect. Nobody says you got to be perfect. They're going to do some things and make some decisions that I don't like or agree with. That's also life. But you know what? Might have happened in all that freezing cold. You know what might have happened with no Sky Moore, with no Kadarius Tony, with no Jarek McKinnon, with some of the other injuries that they happened? 
they heavily relied on their best and most important players. That's a win for me. Can they do that on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills? If they do that, they will win the football game. If they do that next week, I don't care who it is. It could be Houston. It could be Baltimore. If they continue with that formula, they will win the AFC and go back to the Super Bowl. When they break that chain, when they break that link, that's when they're succept- uh, 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 when that's when they can lose. Susceptible to losing. That's when they can lose. They didn't run the football effectively against Buffalo. They lost. It, the formula is very, very easy. It's very, very simple for the Kansas City Chiefs. I just want them to continue to follow it. That's it. If the formula is that simple, why do they break out of the mold so often? Is it the opponent? Is it them? Is it injury? Because I think you're right. Feed the beasts. Lit Rice, Kelsey, and Pacheco cook. That's where Mahomes is best. That's all those things. But the Chiefs have had struggles this year, and you look at the stat sheet, it's because those guys have struggled. Is it more them or the opponent that causes those struggles? I mean, sometimes it's, it's a combination of things. I mean, they lost the game to the Las Vegas Raiders because they turned the football over. Patrick Mahomes had a fumble that got returned for a touchdown, and then he threw a lollipop across the middle of the field. They got intercepted and returned for a touchdown. They didn't protect the ball that day. They lost. I would say why they lost was very, very simple. We can go back to the game against Buffalo. That was a game that they were about to win. They are about to win against the Buffalo Bills. They had a chance to win that game. What happened? Penalty. Cost them. They also didn't have Isaiah Pacheco in that game, so they didn't run the football effectively. I get why you have doubts about the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just saying is when they win, it is very obvious why they win. When they lose, it is also as equally as obvious why the Chiefs lost that game. It ain't like we've left the game like, man, I wonder what happened. Hey, they outplayed them the whole time. No, that's not really what happens. They didn't outplay the Denver Broncos when they lost to them. No, they didn't outplay the Las Vegas Raiders when they lost to them. Or it's really even in those matchups, and they normally do something at the end, whether it is a drop, and it's usually a drop by somebody they shouldn't be throwing the ball to in the beginning. Stop throwing it to Sky Moore. Stop throwing it to MVS. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less of everybody else. They did that on Saturday. It worked. If they do that again, it will likely work again, and they will win. It's really that simple. I hate to break it down for you guys and make it that simplistic. I hate to be Captain Obvious. We watched the Chiefs. We have watched. This is week 20 of watching the Chiefs. They cannot do anything that surprises me at this point. They can't. The only thing that would surprise me on Sunday is if they gave up more than 30 points. It wouldn't surprise me if they score seven points in the game. It wouldn't surprise me if they win. It w- you cannot surprise me about this team. I've seen it all. I've seen everything this team has to offer. The only thing that would surprise me, they gave up a lot of points. I know what they need to do to win every single one of these games. I imagine they know what they need to do to win every single one of these games. Can they go out and execute? They did so against one AFC East opponent. Let's see if they can do it against the other one. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT on 610 Sports Radio. On 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Appreciate your time and appreciate you making us a part of your day. You're listening to The Drive on 610sports.com and also the Odyssey app. I can't believe the Eagles went out there the way that they did. Just a very disappointing whimper of a season for the Philadelphia Eagles. Embarrassing almost yesterday. Just from start to finish, I thought it was pretty noticeable that Tampa Bay just, they seem to want it more. Like Philadelphia, aside from Devontae Smith yesterday, I just didn't really get a vibe from any one of their skill position players that they thought they could win that game. I didn't really get that energy from Jalen Hurts yesterday. I know that A.J. Brown was out. They didn't really run the football effectively. I mean, they were a team that I think really forgot, like, the essence of who they are. They had 14 third downs yesterday. They didn't run the ball on any of them. Not one. Not a single third or fourth down. They couldn't even run their play correctly. The tush push has worked all season against everybody. Now, I'm sure it's been stopped before. I think it's like 92%. I, I don't think I've ever been watching the Eagles and someone stopped that play like they did yesterday. We should have known right then and there they were going to lose. When we all saw a team beat them on their play, their bread and butter over the course of the last two seasons, we should have known right then and there. Yeah, pack it up, turn out the lights. Eagles are done, cooked. 
they're done for the rest of the season. We should have knew right there in that moment that they weren't doing anything. We should have known. That told us everything that we needed to know right then and there. So congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have advanced to the second round of the postseason. Rob, do you agree with me on this? I think that one of the teams, I don't know who it is, just this year has been weird. So I find it hard to believe that it's now going to be super predictable for the final three weeks of the season. This week wasn't super predictable. Dallas came in. This was the best Dallas had been playing in 25 years. Dallas eliminated. Out of here. I don't think anyone would be surprised if Kansas City goes on the road and beats Buffalo, even though they are the underdog. So if you ask the question of which underdog is most likely to win, the answer to me is very obviously Kansas City. Between Houston, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay, one of those teams is going to win. I don't know which one. But one of those teams is going to win. It's either C.J. Stroud goes on the road and continues this magical run that he is having. Jordan Love finds himself in the NFC Championship game, a place where the Packers have been in, what, two of the last four seasons? There'll be three of the last four seasons. Or Baker Mayfield continues this run that nobody thought I just find it hard to believe with how uncertain the NFL has been this season and how up and down it feels. I now find it hard to believe that once we get to this round, it's just going to be straight chalk. You know, it's kind of like we are in, you know, that elite eight and you got just, you know, three of these low seeds. One of those lower seeds is winning, whether it's Florida Atlantic, whether it's Florida, go. somebody is advancing to the final four. You just have to figure out who it's going to be. I think that either Houston, Green Bay, or Tampa Bay, we actually get those games three games in a row because Kansas City-Buffalo is the last game of the weekend. There's going to be one upset prior to the Chiefs heading to Buffalo. See, a part of me thinks you're right because the math's on your side. You're getting three games, and that's just the case. But I feel like the Niners and Ravens have just shown they're a class above most people right now. I also would say the Packers are a great story and the Texans are a great story. But – this is kind of usually where great stories come tumbling down. Remember Andrew Luck got his first playoff win in the ensuing week he lost? I believe it was to Peyton Manning's Broncos. This is usually where it all comes tumbling down, your first go-round. Jordan Love's first playoffs. CJ Stroud's first playoffs. It feels like both of them are due for that moment we see so often in the league. I think very little of Tampa Bay. But you're right, the Lions may sleepwalk. But if there's any team that's not going to take the playoffs lightly, I think it's the Lions. So... The math of it is everything you're saying is correct. I believe you. It, it feels like it's just destined to happen. But when I look at each matchup, I think to myself, man, the Niners have owned the Matt LaFleur Packers, and I don't know Jordan Love's face to defense like that in a while. Man, the Lions should just take care of business against the Bucks. If that fan base, if that team thinks ho-hum is their playoff game, we should win and roll the ball out there, that's insane to me. I feel like they're going to win. Houston's had a great season, but they smoked Joe Flacco last week. 14 of their points came on pick sixes. Like, is that sustainable against the MVP? I don't know. I think the math of it is you're right, but it just looks individual matchup-wise, it might get a little chalky. 
Text line 913-586-7610. It's just the way that this NFL season has really shaped up. It just feels like there's it feels like there's one more upset left. Maybe when we get to the AFC NFC championship game, that there's not gonna be an upset, but this has just been a very, very weird season. It just feels like there's one more left on the board, and it's figuring out who that team is potentially going to be. This is my question about Detroit. Because it's funny, I was listening to uh, a podcast, the Gilbert Arenas podcast, and he was, uh, you know, they got uh, Rashad McCants on there, uh, Carolina great guard. And he was telling a story of how just simply making it to the NBA was all he wanted to do. He's a great high school player, had a great college career, and once he got to the NBA, he felt like he made it and some of the things and steps that he did to get there. It feels like this entire season for Detroit has been about where they are right now. Hey, you got a chance to win your division for the first time. You went out and you won it. And you got a playoff game, your first home playoff game since the mid-90s. And look, Eminem is here. Look, Big Sean is here. Look, it's against Matthew Stafford. I saw people crying in the stands for them winning a wild card game. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be crying. For a lot of Lions fans, it was the biggest game that they have ever seen their team win. Like, I know it sounds funny. But it was the biggest game that some of them have ever seen the Detroit Lions win. This is a week that everyone is going to tell you how great you are. This is a week in which everybody is picking you to win. I'd love to see the person that is picking Tampa Bay to go in there and beat them this week. No one is picking them. Can you keep that same energy, that same focus, that same intensity that has gotten you to that point? Can you continue that for a couple of more weeks when a majority of the goals that you had checked off, you've checked off those things. If the Lions lose right now, we will look back at this as a great season for the Detroit Lions. Hey, you guys won double-digit games. You guys won the postseason. They will bring this Lions team back to Detroit for the next 50 years. You know the same way that, you know, we grew up in Kansas City, the 85 Royals. Like, they would celebrate the 85 Royals. It wouldn't even be like a banner year. Like, it wasn't the 25-year anniversary, the 30-year anniversary. It would just be a random Tuesday in June. It'd be 85 Royals giveaway day. That's how this Lions team is going to be in Detroit. I don't know, man. This I agree with you, like, conceptually, but this Lions team seems built to last. Like, what does every former player ever tell us? Football is a line of scrimmage game. You know where the Lions dominate? The offensive and defensive line with young guys. Panay Sewell is a freak show right tackle. Aiden Hutchinson is a elite pass rusher. They got Houston, another pass rusher who's on a rookie contract. Like, I get what you're saying. If win, lose, or draw, this team's always going to be honored because they broke the streak. I'm good for them. But they got the ingredients to be around for a while. They got the components to be more than just a flash in the pan. Hey, and that one time Detroit was good. Oh, that's cute. They got something maybe building up there in Detroit, which just seems odd to say, but it feels that way because it feels like there's a culture that Dan Campbell has created. I don't disagree with you, but if there is any quarterback that could potentially go in there, it'd be the same quarterback that I saw go into the horseshoe with 100,000 people, beat that team, grab their flag, and plant in the middle of the field. It would be that guy, wouldn't it? You and I haven't seen a lot of teams go into Ohio State and win, right? And I understand it's not college. I, I get all of that. If there is any quarterback that does not care about any of those things that we are talking about, I think that person would be Baker Mayfield. 
if you had to, like, if I had to rank it right now, because I'm just not putting Kansas City in this category. If Kansas City goes on the road and beats Buffalo, no one would consider that to be an upset. The Chiefs will have eliminated Buffalo in three of the last four seasons. That's not an upset. Green Bay going on the road and winning. Houston going on the road and winning. Tampa Bay going on the road and winning. Those are upsets to me in the National Football League. I'd probably rank it Tampa 1, Houston 2, Green Bay 3 is probably how I'd rank it in terms of likeliness that I think an upset could potentially happen. I think we are in line for a very, very exciting divisional round playoff. I think Kansas City and Buffalo is going to be close. These games are always really close, and I think we're going to get an upset in one of the other three games. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio and also the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. Today, we saw Jason Kelsey. Well, he didn't make the announcement, but Adam Schefter said that he was telling teammates that he is planning on retiring. He has played his final game in the National Football League. Now, we have not heard directly from Jason Kelsey, but I imagine that tomorrow on the podcast that he is going to make that announcement, and I think it's going to be a really cool moment. His brother's going to be there. He's going to talk about what football has meant to him in his life and that he's no longer going to be playing in the National Football League. I imagine they are going to continue the podcast. I imagine that he is going to have a very promising media career once he is done playing in the National Football League. These are the last five offensive linemen who have gone in on the first ballot. Joe Thomas, Walter Jones, Larry Allen, Jonathan Ogden, and Bruce Matthews. So typically, you need to be a tackle in order to get in on the first ballot, where I think Jason Kelsey could maybe get in on the first try. He has been first-team All-Pro six times in his career. We are not talking about a good offensive lineman. We are not even talking about a great offensive lineman. Like We are talking about an all-time offensive lineman. Whenever they do the all-decade team, I think that Jason Kelsey is going to be the center for the 2020 all-decade team. And you know me. I'm big on the all-decade team. Like, usually that is your hall pass. You are going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame if you are one of the best players in the decade at your position. What I think could be interesting is Jason might have to wait just a little bit. Like, it's not a knock that you're not a first ballot Hall of Famer. You'll get in the second, third try, maybe the fourth year. You know, sometimes you got to wait a little bit. We've seen those videos where people get emotional and then they finally get the phone call and they go to the hall and it's great, right? Let's say Travis plays two more years. You got to wait the five. So we're maybe seven, eight years away from Jason, or excuse me, from Travis Kelsey being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because he is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Jason misses it a couple of times, and then on his third, fourth time on the ballot, 
Travis is also there. So then you have the storyline of both of them being able to go in at the same time. They announce each other. They do the speech for one another. And it is a Kelsey weekend in the Hall of Fame. That might be a very difficult thing for the NFL to pass up. You got Chiefs and Eagles as the Hall of Fame game. And Andy's there and Patrick is there and the family's there. And who knows what his relationship is like in the future. That might be a really, really difficult thing for the NFL to pass up on. Like if you want the real storybook ending, the storybook ending is that. Is that he gets in in year three and year four. And just at the same time that Travis can be a first ballot Hall of Famer and Travis, just based on the kind of player that he is, he would be probably the crown jewel of that class. I can't think of who could retire in the next couple of years that I think that player was better than Travis Kelsey. That'd be a great weekend to go to Canton, Ohio. I mean, that's that's as good as it gets. I mean, I know centers rarely go in the Hall of Fame and first ballot. And there's only like seven or eight in the Hall of Fame period. But, man, you're big on accolades. Chasing Kelsey's is as good as it gets. And we both know how the game is played. If you were good to the media, you are more likable, and you are successful, you are more likely to be on the first ballot. I don't think Jason is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like you said, gun to my head, is he a first ballot, yes or no? My knee jerk is no. But I'm not as certain that you are, as you are that he's not a first bout Hall of Famer. He's got a lot of all pros. He's got an all-decade team, he said, coming up. He's got a lot of Pro Bowls. He's got a Super Bowl, another appearance. His resume is it's first ballot-ish if there ever was a first ballot-ish center. Yeah, no, that that's certainly true. Like, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at uh, Dermani Dawson. I think he was the last player at his position to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, the resume is pretty similar. Damani Dawson, he was a six-time first-team All-Pro. He was on the All-90s decade team. He's in the Steelers Ring of Honor, the Steelers Hall of Fame. I'm trying to see how many years it took Dermani Dawson to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and if he was a guy that got there on the first ballot because that would be it. So it actually took him three times to get in. It took it took Dermani Dawson three times to get in. If it took him three times to get in, then it probably takes Jason Kelsey around the same. I mean, Jason Kelsey's eventually going to get in. It's certainly not a knock for you not to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It just seems like it takes him a couple of times. And if it does, that would put him in line with about whenever Travis would be in the Hall of Fame. Puts him in line to they could both go in at the same time, which is really, really cool to think about. Starting tomorrow, we really start to ratchet it up and heat up our coverage with the Buffalo Bills. Nick Wright is going to be on the show this week. Patrick Mahomes will be on the show tomorrow. Peter King will also be on the show this week. We'll have a couple of Bills guests. We really start to pick up the intensity, getting you ready for the divisional round matchup against the Buffalo Bills. Keep it locked in with us right here on 610 Sports Radio. Take care, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.